0: Support for starting small comes from Human Scale, the leading designer and manufacturer of high performance ergonomic products that help create a healthier work life. All of the products from chairs to standing desk and more are comfortable, easy to use, and sustainable, and great for either the office or the work from home environment. With an increase in shifting workplaces, comfort can be especially hard to find. As I run the podcast, I'm in front of my desk for hours a day from scheduling, researching, interviewing, and more. Human Scale allows me to remain productive without the consequence of body stress to follow. Make sure to check out Human Scale at humanscale.com and use code Small at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. That's code Small at humanscale.com and enjoy the episode. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Julie Smolansky, CEO of Lifeway Foods, America's largest manufacturer of kefir. Julie's parents were Russian immigrants. They came to the U.S. and began making kefir in the basement of their home in Stokie, Illinois. While having massive success with LifeWay, Julie's father ended up passing away in 2002. This made Julie the youngest female CEO of a publicly held firm at age 27. Julie continued the company's growth and took them from 12 million to surpassing 120 million in annual revenue. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Julie Smolansky of LifeWay Foods. Julie, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Of course. So I want to start out with your upbringing. So where did you grow up and what was your childhood like?
1: Sure. Um, Well, it's an interesting story because uh, my parents and I were refugees from the former Soviet Union, Um, and we left... uh, through a small slit in the iron curtain and came to the United States and settled in Chicago in 1976 when I was just one Um, my parents came in with $116 in their pocket and they spoke no English And, um, yeah, it's kind of like a common shared immigrant experience. Um, but especially in those early days when you're kind of the first of, um, you know, trailblazing a path, um, that other immigrants of your community aren't here yet. we were the first of 48 families that were allowed to settle. So there weren't translation services. There were no friends. There was really no community of, um, other Russian immigrants. Um, so that's more challenging, but, um, my parents were very entrepreneurial and i kind of grew up watching them build their businesses build a life uh, my mom in the first like two years immediately saw that while there was um a lot of ample food in in the united states she grew up in scarcity both her and my father grew up you know mm. it's like post-war post- yeah. post-war and. Um, Soviet Union kind of bread lines. Uh, so while there was scarcity in the Soviet Union, the food was still different, whatever there was, it was different. And so she opened up the first Russian deli in Chicago. So, you know, I grew up in the back of a, a deli grocery store, unpacking boxes, helping her, um, you know, uh, lay out food on the shelf and ringing up customers and, wow. um, you know, uh, putting stick, price tags on, on products and going to trade shows you know i was i was a kid when i walked the first trade show uh, floor (laughs) and tried all these foods and watched you know cool business deals happening Um, and uh you know then then so, so that's kind of what started their their entry into the food world and uh about nine years after their immigration process and we're living in chicago now In '85, they went to Germany for another trade show, a food buying trade show, and my dad bought three bottles of kefir in the grocery store down there. And Mm. kefir is a a staple in the in in Soviet Union and, and Europe in general it's a 2000-year-old product that you know people grew up drinking from the time they're born until they they die essentially with filled yeah. with folklore and storytelling and science and research and it was very storied product and but they noticed in in the united states kefir didn't exist and yogurt itself was a very small limited category just almost non-existent very much in its infancy um, and and you know underdeveloped by leaps and bounds compared to European uh, culture, food products, I'd say in that category in Europe. And so, you know, my dad said, well, you know, America has everything, but it doesn't have kefir. And he kind of longed for it with like a sense of nostalgia. And um, my mom looked at him and said, well, you're an engineer. He's a mechanical engineer. She said, you're an engineer. Why don't you design the plant, build it, build it and and manufacture kefir and I'll sell it in my distribution uh, system. And at that point she had already had a couple of delis and she was um, importing and exporting food stuff all over the world and, and, New York and other places in the United wow. States where the Russians were settling. So yeah, she she had a, a distribution system, and so six months later they incorporated Lifeway, and started selling kefir into the marketplace in '86, and it took off. And I, you know, was helping them just build their businesses, and mm-hmm. I grew up kind of. One foot in uh, Russian community culture, kind of immigrants here in the states in Chicago, and one foot in my like American schools, you know, in grade school and whatnot. And um, I certainly developed a couple of skill sets from that
0: For experience.
1: Sure. But you know, at- attending when I remember vividly going to my first demo at the local grocery store here in Chicago and passing out kefir and you know teaching people about it. Um, telling the story of Lifeway and, you know, kind of all that we were trying to do. And, and, um, yeah. And then, and so that's, that's kind of how my childhood was.
0: Wow. So going back to that, can you recall where your father first began to source, um, ingredients for the kefir? So when he was first prototyping, do you know where you were sourcing at the time?
1: Yeah. I mean, we, um, he was able to, um, There's some some kind of old, sophisticated smuggling tactics was able yeah. to bring the cultures from the Soviet Union, and then we were able to replicate it over and over again um, for the actual strain. So we have a very special te- uh, strain that that is kind of the original strain from. Um, my my ancestors and you know my ancestors in their gut intuitively um, kind of had the sense that they felt better when they consumed kefir mm-hmm. and they um, thought that it was a gift from the gods they they really considered it a gift from the gods and Um, Cleopatra bathed in it and Marco Polo wrote about it but the the people the the ancestry um, of of from where I came from those people live past 100 years of age and they attributed their longevity to their consumption of kefir and it's just really exciting to see how research is kind of Um, you know, starting to catch up to what they knew in their gut intuitively, that they felt better when kefir was a part of their diet. They um, were learning so much about gut health and the Mm -hmm. importance of having a diversified microflora and how the microbiome interacts with our kind of general health from immunity, digestion to now we are even learning about mental health. Um, Yeah. And it also just kind of overall gives us a sense of like the importance of our food system, of the ingredients um, that, that we are using and kind of where they're coming from, where we source things. Um, our milk, for example, is organic and um, we, we have a line of organic. We have a line of grass fed that we just recently launched. We have um, kind of uh, a line, our, our organic milk is from Amish farms in the Midwest. and. Hmm. Um, so there's, you know, a whole variety of, um, kind of various sourcing, um, process that we go through for, for our sourcing of, of ingredients, but yeah, the culture is very special. Mm-hmm. It's the Lifeway culture that, that, that is, uh, uh, kind of continuing our legacy and, and heritage of, uh, from my family's origins in, in Eastern Europe.
0: Awesome. So you said shortly after the launch, the company blew up. So what do you think resulted in that? Was it marketing or was it just the new product to the U.S., um, a retail opportunity, et cetera?
1: Yeah, it was a combination of things, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of really great factors that were working for us. Um, for starters, politically, um, what was happening in pop culture was the kind of um, the the tear down of the wall and the peace process happening between the Soviet Union and America and Reagan and Gorbachev were meeting. And so there was a lot of media attention around um, Soviet Jews about, you know, Soviet uh, immigrants, um, the Russians or, you know, Ukrainians, more so Russians and, and Soviets. And um, so my dad was getting, and LifeWay was getting a lot of attention. And Reagan, even uh, the White House, Reagan White House called um, LifeWay and said, you know, we heard there was this Russian immigrant making this Russian product, this kefir, um, we'd like to uh, Reagan is, is heading over to Gorbachev to to Moscow to meet with Gorbachev to talk about the peace process and wow. we'd like to bring him a case of your product to show him what his immigrants are doing and you know tell him that he's losing um you know, brain trust from people leaving the country and coming to our country with these gifts. And so, you know, wow. we want to help tear down the wall with it. We have, even have this really nice letter from from Reagan that he said, you know, thank you to uh, to Lifeway for, for being part of that process. Um, so we were getting all this media attention. There was an article in Time magazine about it, and it just blew up. And at the same time, um, Whole Foods and, you know, Wild Oats, which Whole Foods eventually bought, but mm-hmm. all of these natural food co-ops and and food stores were st- were starting to open up, and natural foods was becoming a thing. You know, today we look at a grocery store and we just think it's natural that there would be, you know, almond milk and soy milk and you know yeah. whole wheat and this and that and you know all these alternatives. But you know, forty years ago, thirty years ago, it, that wasn't the case, and um, the, those kinds of healthy foods, natural foods, organic foods were just only available in big cities and in, in smaller niche concept stores. And now of course that's been integrated and you know, natural and organic as part of our mainstream. And that's what we've been pushing. We are really pioneering that conversation. Mm-hmm. And so that that part was also really um, blowing up. And then at the same time, our bread and butter market, our first early consumers were the immigrants, the Russians that were immigrating, and there was a mass exodus. Millions of people were leaving the Soviet Union um, as the, the wall was coming down, and um, they were being, you know, freed and allowed to leave. Um, and so there was that element working for us too a market, a market the Soviets that were immigrating here that already knew what Kefir was that didn't need advertising or marketing. They mm-hmm. were at all the delis, and my mom was, you know, a key to that distribution. So um, those were kind of a couple of the elements, and then we just continued to grow as we did more marketing, more PR, more science, more research. That was another piece that, and the big piece of why we're growing today is science and research that's coming out around the benefits of the microbiome and bacteria. Mm-hmm. So that's really great to see research in the States because 30 years ago, there was no research about the gut or bacteria or, or friendly, you know, or kefir probiotics. None of that was happening yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of really, really have been pushing that conversation and um, that's what's growing now. It's, it's the research and marketing and, and a strong brand with a great story and, and legacy behind it. So, and, and, and delicious tastes. I mean, you can't yeah, yeah. have a product, you can't have anything unless it tastes good.
0: For sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So throughout your father's process with LifeWay, you ended up studying at the University of Illinois at Chicago in 1993. I was curious, what did you study there?
1: Yeah. So actually I had zero interest in business. I thought, you know, that I, um, I, I was going to be a psychologist. I was doing uh, work in trauma and crisis work in Chicago. I was a rape crisis counselor. Um, I worked at the um, Runaway Switchboard in Chicago, the National Runaway Switchboard. Um, I. Did uh, in-home family counseling with kids who've been uh, abused and in the in the system, Um, and so so doing a lot of like community crisis trauma work. And Mm -hmm. I really had a passion for um, helping. I don't know. I guess it's cliche to say, but I wanted to change the world or whatever. Um, I think ultimately, what I really wanted to do was kind of reduce suffering of people, but also um, just inspire um, something, a, a more healthier way of being. Um, self-care was really important to me personally. Um- and i think you know it psychology i think everything we do kind of goes back to psychology so yeah. you know how people make those decisions good or bad you know whether they're working for you or against you but like what's that process how how can we inspire people to make more positive lifestyle decisions and choices that kind of lead them to a path of more um hope to, hopeful uh you know joyful way of living a bit better in their bodies like all of that really made sense to me and so I don't know. I think the, the, the purpose and mission is the same. It's just how I got to it and, and my yeah. change in, in it. You know, I didn't, I thought capitalism was this horrible thing when I was a kid and, mm-hmm. you know, then I started to see, well, capitalism is actually a force for good too. Yeah, yeah. And businesses can be a force for good and can be the be- the best way to make, help people change with scale was important too. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to have scale on, around this. Um, And I just was listening to my father, I was after I had already graduated, I was already in grad school, you know, working towards a PhD. And um, first year into it, I I was listening to my dad suddenly, I've heard the conversation a 1000 times. But for some reason, it clicked on one particular day, when he was talking about, you know, health benefits and and how, you know, the gut is kind of the key to all wellness Mm -hmm. and health. And I just said, you know what? I think I wanna I think I wanna leave school and work for my dad and help Lifeway build it. Like everyone should be drinking kefir. It's not just for the Russian grandmas that I thought he was marketing to, but yeah. why aren't more of my friends drinking it? Why isn't everyone I know? Why isn't everyone drinking this? Like we need for to sure. go advertise it. So I started to use those skills that I did learn. I studied advertising and really how it affected dieting behavior and and food choices. So how can I use that understanding of psychology that I was really spending time on and and apply it to selling this food, selling kefir, selling and raising awareness on probiotics and kefir and LifeWay. And so I left school and I worked with my dad side by side for five years. And um, unfortunately, he had a sudden heart attack uh, at the age of 55, and Mm. I was 27 at the time, and I ended up um, as the CEO. I became the CEO the next day.
0: Wow. So that Um, was in
1: 2002, and
0: I've been running it
1: almost for 20 years. Yeah, it's been a roller coaster.
0: Yeah, so at such a young age and taking over that position, um, what were some of your projected goals for the company um, there on Forward?
1: Yeah, um, so at the time, we were... A $12 million um, business, uh, revenues of about 12 million. We had about 70 employees. Um, my goal was to sell, you know, more key obviously to increase our revenues, mm-hmm. um, to to grow the business, to grow the conversation, to expand the conversation around more dynamic conversations, really. Um, to talk about what's really, really at the core of like wellness and health and raise awareness around, food insecurity, raise awareness around, um, the environment, you know, sustainability. It was something we were very early on. One of the first things we did was, uh, when I, when I became CEO was invest in the green, um, green energy and, um, become, I guess, net neutral with our carbon Mm -hmm. use. So all the energy that we're using we're putting green energy back on the power grid, um, that was, that we've been doing that almost twenty years. So you know, just being able to mm. be good stewards of our yeah. process, of manufacturing process, knowing that we're a big part of that piece. Um, but but the conversation around probiotics, we were the one of the first companies to actually write probiotic on our label. So really raising awareness on on gut health. Um, you know, partnering and investing in in some of those um, elements of research around what say lactose intolerance and you know how we can um, help. People make those good food choices that can, you know, make them feel stronger and empowered mm-hmm. in their life, and go reach for their goals. So, it, you know, today we're about a hundred hundred plus million dollar company, wow. um, and growing, um, and certainly pushed that category and expanded it. And we're we're ninety seven percent of a growing category that's growing globally around the world certainly during covid this conversation even grew exponentially people mm-hmm. really started to understand the the that they can help their immune system they can raise their immune system they can raise their mental health you know they can make small um small investments into those the the food choices that they make that they could kind of that it's not about deprivation and like the 80s 90s dieting and you yeah. know be be you know on a starvation diet that's not health fat free sugar free all those things were taken out of our diets, but it really left us hungry and um feeling starved and i think today what we're really talking about is what we can do to bring what nourishments we can bring to our diets what and i hate using the word diet but what we eat let's you know just um what, what we can do to, to make ourselves and restore kind of wholeness and wellness. And I just think every investment into, you know, your food choices and your lifestyle is all kind of have big, big paybacks as you, as you age.
0: For sure. So looking at Lifeway today, what would you say separates your products from competitors?
1: Um, Well, our taste is incredible. Mm-hmm. I think one thing everyone loves about Lifeway is how delicious it tastes, or how good quality it is, um, the long legacy behind it and, and heritage, you know, it's the original, like, yeah. you know, the story behind it is very special. You know, this brand wasn't created out of a private equity office and it's still run by, you know, the family and um Th- I think those are very important that you know we all want to know like where is our food coming from I think and we want to support brands that that mirror what is important to us and I think we've been very thoughtful about what that looks like for us um, that we are a brand that's you know both inspirational and aspirational and um, we care deeply about our communities you know, it's it's not a transaction for us. It's it's a bigger conversation, and um, you know that that we can support um, countless efforts in communities nationwide is is very important to us. Um, but yeah, I mean, whenever there's been kind of a, a crisis, whether that be COVID or natural, um, any you know natural disaster, we've uh, been as uh, forward and, and thoughtful in, in how we can aid in that space. Um, but we've all, we've done, you know, over 250,000 servings of kefir donated to uh, food pantries and food banks during the food uh, COVID crisis. Wow. We have a huge percentage of people that are, um, you know, hungry, food insecure, super concerned about their next meal, especially kids who aren't receiving their lunches for, for, you know, big percentage of kids, they're they're living in um, homes where you know they were really counting on that meal at lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, so being very thoughtful about those those communities and where we can help there, partnering up with some of the greatest organizations, um, we supported all you know ho- hospital healthcare workers and nurses throughout the crisis, who maybe couldn't get those those quick um, meals, uh, and, and, you know, just to be able to drink some kefir and get that protein, calcium, vitamin D probiotics, like is, is really important. Um, so, you know, we were really, really happy that we were able to support there as well. Um, but yeah, I mean the probiotics and the, the research around our strains are, you know, kefir is, is just exponentially growing and it's, um, exciting to be, part of that conversation, you know, now more than ever, we're really recognizing how important we are valuing our health. I mean, Mm -hmm. the whole world shut down because of health. Um, and knowing that, you know, our health is linked to each other, that we're not just individual, but it is the collective health. Um, that's never been more apparent than going through a pandemic. So, you know, it's exciting to know that people care about this. People want to know, they want to, um, can they want to make themselves feel better they want to feel good in their bodies they want to enjoy their their you know leisure times they want to move throughout the day with a lightness with an ease um so we're part of that so yeah
0: amazing so do you have any idea of what your top seller may be today product wise
1: oh i mean our good old tired and true you know plain keeper for the, the true, yeah. uh, naturalist. Um, but yeah, plain keeper is still like one of our best sellers and, okay. um, you know, that's, that's kind of our, 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 uh, our big seller, but you know, all the flavors are really go- delicious and it's, it's hard to pick one other thing, <laughs> but
0: yeah, sure. we
1: recently launched, um, lemon and coconut in whole mm. foods and orange blood orange. It's so good. These, Flavors are absolutely to die for. And I really love all of our seasonal flavors too. Like um, watermelon is coming out for summer and we've got um, pumpkin spice from the fall is so good. Mm. Um, holiday cookie was one of my favorite over the holidays. So it's fun to get into those flavors too. But yeah. yeah, it's exciting.
0: Awesome. So I like to conclude each episode with this. If you can share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur what would that be? Maybe something you've learned or regret? Just anything.
1: Yeah. I mean, my biggest thing I always say is love your gut and trust your gut and follow your gut and, you know, your gut knows and, um, you know, practice self care. It's so this process of entrepreneurship is a long journey and it's exhausting and it's, um, you know, (sighs) stressful. Um, There are moments that will bring you to your knees, um, you know, and it's exciting. It's fast paced. Um, But taking care of yourself and putting your own oxygen mask on so that you can help take care of others so that you can shepherd your business so that you can, you know, watch out for all of the stakeholders. As an entrepreneur, you are, um, really that that's your job and leading all of the, the, the stakeholders and, um, you know, to be able to do that effectively, you do have to take care of yourself, nourish yourself, nourish your body, do things that make you stronger, um, mentally, physically, spiritually, um, um, you know, in all the different facets in your family and your community, you know, assess all those things. But, t- you know, first you, you have to take care of yourself or you won't have reserves to do all the things that you need to do to be successful, so.
0: For sure. Well, Julie, thank you so much for joining me and to the listeners You're so out there. Welcome. Yeah. Make sure to check out LifeWay Foods at LifeWayKeefer.com. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small, if you would. Leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.